podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. On today's show, we are talking Spurs City, it's Freud Oderbach, a delve into the relegation battle and the inaugural shithouse Hall of Fame ceremony. Hey there. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's it. That's the intro. Right there. That's, that, that's the intro. Well, Woods just went, no. And it reminded me of that advert that you really hate. Should we just start with this? We could start with this. We could just start with I've, this. I've hit the start button now, so I feel like we're going to roll with it. So this is the show. This is the intro to the show. Um, I've been trying to think of, the new, of a new intro and uh, yeah, couldn't think of one. Is Under pressure. because of uh, what happened last week? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Where we, well, we failed to recognise that you actually have a, you know, an intro, a standing intro. That's fine. It's something oh. like, you know, hello everyone and welcome back, but you know. Yeah. Fine. Uh, it's the pot of two halves. We're here again. Bears, exactly. Um, <laughs> I'm here with Lee Collard and Tom Woods. First of all, let's go to Lee. How was your weekend, buddy? Uh, as ever, always good. You know, pretty, pretty cushy. Not, not didn't, what, what did we do over the weekend, Lee? I don't know. Did we play Call of Duty? We played a lot of Call of Duty yeah. on Saturday, mate. It was, it was horrendous. Should I also say a little shout out to John Dunn, who listens to the show. Saw him on Friday. Went for a few beer skis. Um, went to apparently one of the oldest pubs in London, in near London Bridge, called the George, I believe. But yeah, yeah. How many other places in London are called the George? Do you think? I don't think that many. I think you'd be surprised. The George. Uh, it's usually the George and something, maybe, but the the George. It's the George just, and something. The George and something. What? <laughs> well, like you'd have such and Judy. The George and Cow. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm a little bit off, but I can't imagine there's too many just called the George. Well, maybe I'll do some research and I'll come back. Well, to you, you, you could do that right now. I'm not going to. Um, pressure. <laughs> we're also here with Woods. Um, Woods, how's the uh, Griezmann documentary working out for you? Well, I have watched Ooh. it. I watched it about two weeks ago. I've been asked about it if I have actually watched it, and I have. And it's wow. exactly what you imagine it to be, which is basically apparently Antoine Griezmann won the World Cup for France, and he's France's greatest son. Um, <laughs> self-proclaimed throughout. Uh, have, have we got have a whole segment dedicated to this, though? <laughs> Probably Wasn't should that have. part of the... That, uh, was, that, was, that was the deal. Yeah, we want a full review. I feel like we should save this for next week. Yeah, okay. I didn't realise you'd watched it. So no, you, nor, oh, nor did I. I yeah, I, mean, I watched it weeks ago, mate. Weeks I remember ago. you mentioned that you started it, but I didn't realise you got through it already. Yeah, yeah. I thought it would be one of those several sittings kind of things. Well, for, just fortunately, <laughs> it was just an hour of pain. Uh, oh, was it just one hour? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, you got lucky then, really. Well, it's... It's Antoine Griezmann. What, what, what more could it be? Like <laughs> this, this prestigious career of Antoine Griezmann. Well, I thought they'd have like a whole episode like dedicated to his hairstyles. Or well, like that. that was featured. Um, the fact that he he models a lot now was featured. <laughs> wow. I did um, one one big takeaway. I do want to say is um, if you think uh, institutionalized racism is bad in this country, um, just look across the English Channel. Uh, because um, it's very apparent that Antoine Griezmann is held as basically France's uh, uh, special player, we'll call it, yet not really being anywhere near to being their best player. And they made a big point about like how Griezmann brought basically the joy back to 
French football, something that I think was robbed by other players, we'll say. Uh, and like I said, they did spend an awful lot of the documentaries not talking about how Kylian Mbappe carried Griezmann to the World Cup last time round. Well, it is going to be obviously biased, isn't it? I'm sure he's... Uh, there's there's you know, been biased and then there's deliberately go in. A- avoiding stuff, right? <laughs> Pogba's in it a little bit. Yeah? Yeah, he is. Is he yeah. dabbing? A little bit. Yeah, he's dabbing a little bit. Okay. Okay. How was your week? Other than the Griezmann thing, which happened weeks ago, how was your weekend? Uh, yeah, pretty good. Um, trying to remember now what happened. Stuff happened, right? Oh, it's the Super Bowl this weekend, wasn't it? That was cool. That was good. Um, nice comeback victory for the Kansas City Chiefs, the team that I'm happy they won. They're a, they're a cool team. Quarterback is a superstar, so that was, that was good. Good. Yes. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez is 50, mate. Mate, that's it is I ridiculous. can't even get to my head right. I mean, the fact that Shakira is 43. Combined age is 93. PK's wife? Well, they're not a centre-half right? pairing. You don't, <laughs> you don't combine age them, for Christ's well, sake. It's the halftime show. They, I think you know what I mean. Because she was twirling around that pole, mate, like, like, like a good 25-year-old, not a 50-year-old. I haven't seen it. Oh, right. Well, that's, that's probably why you're wondering. But, yeah, they obviously did the halftime show together. I know that, um, and I've heard it was, like, crazy. It was good. It was good. I looked back the other day at all the, all the different halftime shows that there have ever been. Yep. Is it universally acclaimed that Prince's one is the best one? I think so. I think Michael Jackson's is also held up as well. Yeah, because you actually get to a point when you, go, when you keep going back in time where I knew everyone, basically. And the fucking Black Eyed Peas had played it. What the fuck? Right, the um, Black Eyed Peas. Um, I remember the Black Eyed Peas one, and it was dreadful. <laughs> like seriously dreadful. Good. Um, no, but I, sorry, that, that completely caught me off guard. There, I was thinking about the time Fergie pissed herself. Do you remember that? Yeah, and the Janet Jackson nipple, the, the nipple thing as well. I don't think Fergie pissed herself at the Super Bowl though. What? What? Yeah, man. There's a there's a famous picture of Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas having basically just pissed herself on stage. Well, wow. it's weird, mate. It's weird. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> what I was saying is when you go back in time and look at all the people that have performed at the halftime show, there was a there was a definite point in there. And I think it was like the early 90s or the 80s where I'm like, nah, I don't know who any of these people are. Yeah, there was it's just like I assume they're just country and Western people. There was that they had marching bands and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, but it, basically Michael Jackson broke the mould. Is that, that what that was at the start of the 90s? I think um, he, he did the halftime show and it was ridiculous and at that point they went hang on a minute this is a really good idea we could make some money here exactly let's turn a 12 hour event into a 15 hour event instead <laughs> perfect um so good weekend then right yeah it's pretty good man yeah good you know. well we're here we're back with another show uh what episode are you on now 66 i yeah. think it uh, might be 66 i think it's fair that he looks to the producer to provide this information <laughs> i did look at the producer and producer don't care well i haven't got the the essential paperwork to hand for that. The essential paperwork. <laughs> stored was away somewhere else. Stored away somewhere. Probably it's like, in the cabinet files. Uh, the, the cabinet files. Um, well, look, we've had a quite a, a hilarious weekend of football. Um, we'll start off with probably, well, the main talking point. And no, it is not Igalo signing for Manchester United. <laughs> we, might, we might mention that later. Um, oh, let's get mentioned. <laughs> Manchester City went to... 
Is it the Spurs Stadium? A Tottenham Stadium, isn't it? The Tottenham, Tottenham Stadium. stadium. Yeah. When are they getting that named, by the way? I Who's think they're still that? praying that someone's going to pay for the naming rights. Um, it's very similar to what um, Jerry Jones did, Cowboys owner, where he was holding out for some mad money for the naming rights on his stadium. He eventually got it. I think it's now the AT&T Stadium. And, yeah. um, so I think they're waiting some, for some big, big money. Well, in, in, in any event, Manchester City turned up. Obviously, it was the, the clash of Mourinho versus Guardiola again. You know, different teams. Here we are again. And um, it was a fair, quite an incident-heavy game, let's just say. Wasn't it just? Mr. Woods, I know that you have a strong affinity for Tottenham and you, you always enjoy talking about these guys. Um, so please, the floor is yours to uh, do what you will. Bear in mind, let's just remember... Tottenham did win. I can't even <clears throat> comprehend how they won that football match. They should have been five or six down before they basically scored. I, I, I just can't even fathom. Um, I mean, I, I, I could talk about all the chances that, that City decided to miss, um, but I think it's best that we really start with the biggest talking point, which is the use of VAR in the first half. Um, definitely a foul by uh, Serge Aurier. Not a surprise that he was incredibly rash in trying to win the ball where he just couldn't win the ball. Jamie Carragher was apoplectic. He was. He He was so furious. I mean, he he immediately was like, that's a penalty, right? Yeah. And then the game went on and I'm watching, I'm thinking, that's definitely coming back. And they kept going and I'm still thinking, that's definitely coming back. Two and a half minutes, wasn't it? Yeah. Two and a half minutes. What were they doing for two and a half minutes? Ah, oh, but um, obviously the right decision in the end. Uh, City get given a penalty. Uh, finally an opportunity uh, to take the lead after spurning chance after chance after chance. And then Ilkay Gundogan, who I think was stepping up because Aguero had missed the last one. And Sterling, I think, had missed one before that. Obviously, Jesus has missed a bag load and he was on the bench. But Ilkay Gundogan, obvious choice. German, they're pretty good at penalties. Nope. Dreadful penalty. As he, as he was stepping up to take it, the commentator was saying, Gundogan, who I don't think has ever missed a penalty in his career. Well, that's the kiss of death, isn't it? That's a classic <laughs> commentator's curse. curse yeah. Um, saved. Um, and then, I, I don't understand how that wasn't a penalty on Sterling. I, I just don't understand. I know it's like the dumbest rule in football, this one. We've touched on this so many times, Mikey. I know it's one of your biggest bugbears, but... Like, he gets cleaned out, or he at least gets fouled by Loris. It's definitely a penalty. There's, there's quite a strong argument, though, just saying that he dived. A lot of uh, I don't know, outsourcers, football outsourcers, are going that way. I, it's a, to me, there's a difference between diving and playing for it, right? Yeah. That, and that, that's it. He played for it, no doubt. No doubt. He saw that Loris was basically going to be rash... And he saw the opportunity to go win a penalty and he went and won a penalty, which was then overturned by VAR, which then gave us one of the, which will be probably the most gifable thing this season, which is Jose Mourinho sitting down next to his assistant after the penalty gets overruled. And then his assistant kind of clues up that Sterling has been booked already, nudges Jose to kind of tell him, and Jose like a bullet, straight to the fourth official screaming about the fact that Sterling should now be sent off. Um, I mean, obviously, it was never going to be another booking because uh, the fact it wasn't given 
I can kind of accept it just about. I, I, I think it's def- a definite penalty. It would have been beautiful had basically Lloris made the save, kind of then gave a penalty away immediately. Um, who knows? Gundogan might have just passed it back to him again. Um, but it was never a booking, never never a second but, booking. But if point. he's playing for it, hmm. it, well, also I don't know what you're saying, maybe the difference between like, you know, proper diving when there's no contact and then maybe ensuring there's contact then is it still justified that it's a penalty then? Because the ball's going out of play. Yep. Goalkeeper has committed. Yep. Whose fault Sterling is it? knows what's going to happen. Whose he, fault he, is he, it? He, he isn't going to get to the ball. He, we, if he does, it's, he's literally not going to be able to go anywhere with it because he's going to go straight out of play. No, no, I, I understand. And we, this is why we've touched on it several times. That there's, usually there's what happens is a player there's kicks the ball out of play and goes over the goalkeeper. It's Every time it's a penalty. It's a stupid rule. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be given as a penalty. But the facts are... They get given, but it's right on the byline. That's the, I think. I thought. I thought maybe that's why it was taken into account. Maybe. 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 I don't know. Has, has it been explained it's by the, 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 the officials as to why understand. he didn't give it? Just out of interest, because I haven't seen anything that suggests the rationale. Because if the rationale is that Sterling booted the ball out of play and then ran into the goalkeeper, that's why we didn't give it. That's fine, but I'm not too sure that's quite what was worked out there. Um, now, obviously, all of this going on was uh, a wonderful five minutes of football from the neutral um, because it was just pure chaos. I can't imagine what was it, it was like in the stadium at that point. Uh, it must have been going from one extreme to the other for both sets of fans where you've got the Tottenham conceding a penalty to having it saved to giving away another penalty to having that overturned. It must have been a full-on roller coaster at that point. But the other moment obviously in the first half of VAR was the Sterling challenge um, I saw a lot of people suggesting he should have been sent off for that um, I think that's a load of nonsense um, it was a yellow card it was a bit clumsy but I, I, there was nothing more than a yellow card to me by the letter of the law is it a red card um, in for, me, for me uh, it, it sits as, a, as an orange card well, this, this such a thing yeah. and that's because I take into account the intent I feel obviously there was no intent, you know, no, it was a 50 50, and he's just genuinely tries to get the ball and he's late. However, intent, uh, intent isn't taken into account as a factor. It's just if it's dangerous to the opposition. And when you see where the contact's made, it looks bad, doesn't look great. No, I, I, I understand what you mean, but the, the, I saw people comparing it to the Aubameyang, um It's not, it's, not as bad, it's, it's nothing like that. I mean, Aubameyang's putting in a wild tackle on Max Meyer at that point, and uh, the difference is that Sterling's gone to literally play the ball he's overrun it a little bit he's gone and it's not like he's done one of those lunges where players overrun the ball and they kind of throw themselves at it he's genuinely just gone to pass the ball and it just uh Deli Ali's got in there ahead of him um I think a booking's a fair thing um, it's one of those ones where in in real time it looks fairer than yes, it does look exactly you slow time. it down mm. and you're like oh my god look how bad that <clears> looks um but that, that was kind of the first half it was wild City dismissing chance after chance it had all of this VAR action um it was absolute chaos at that point, I then take my daughter to put her to bed. I come downstairs and I see the uh, chance for Ilkay Gundogan, um, who, I mean, I'm not a fan. I, I just out of interest, what, what are your guys' opinions on Ilkay Gundogan? Are you a fan? Sandwiched or next to Rodri, it's looking quite bland. In yeah, the very middle. bland, right? It's one or the other in there. Um, I, I'm not a, a fan of either of them to be honest I don't think they're particularly interesting footballers I would say um, 
I'll give Rodri the benefit of the doubt because it's his first season, but I've not seen anything from Gundogan to suggest that he's anything more than just a squad player for Manchester City. Um, a dreadful, dreadful attempt in an open goal to sky that. I then go do, back. Do you think it's a good ball? I, I didn't think it was a particularly good pass at all, no. Uh, but I also don't think he had to try and hit it first time. Uh, and I, I, if I've got a player that's probably... You know, Ilkay Gundogan's an international level footballer. He should be able to be aware of his surroundings to take his moment. Um, and he just... A more composure. It. Exactly. Um, I then go back upstairs and I come back downstairs and now Spurs are in the lead and City are down to 10 men. And I'm like, what on earth has just happened here? Um... Bearing in mind, City had dropped Tottenham for the entirety of the game that I'd seen up to that point. Um, pretty stupid challenge by... Um, God, you're going to have to help me with his name. Zinchenko. Thank you, Zinchenko. He, by the way, is not good enough. Terrible. Well, he's not terrible. Look, he's a squad player at best. Uh, the problem for City is their superstar left-back has had too many injuries and he's not recovered from them and now they're basically empty at left-back and they're having to play that guy there, right? Um <laughs> Not smart. And then Tottenham just take immediate advantage of the situation. And it's a really good finish from um, your boy who basically told us all how garbage he is. And he turns up and fires one into the bottom left corner on the volley. I would say I said that <coughs> off air last week. Oh, so the, the listeners haven't got a clue about this one. You almost got away with that, hadn't so, you? Uh, <laughs> What's his uh, name again? I don't have a clue. Bertrand. Look, up to that point, I hadn't thought you'd done it. Anything, mate. Tottenham hadn't even been involved in the football match up to that point. Um, so I'm not going to be one of these that's going to get carried away. It's a very, very good goal, no doubt. And he took his moment. Um, but overall, it's difficult to judge any of the Tottenham players, to be fair, on that performance. And then obviously the second goal, the killer goal, um, and Dombele, obviously nice pass into Son, but quite where Otamendi thinks he is going. So it's ridiculous. The thing is, right, the thing with this is that if it was Fernandinho that had made the error to step in and try winning the ball there, you'll give some leeway, right? You go, that's a defence midfielder that's probably got defence midfield in his mind and tried to step in and win it. Otamendi's a centre-half and he makes the same error over and over <laughs> and you, over again. Did you see again. against United when we got that free kick right at the death? And it was because Otamendi just clean, just, just ran out and cleaned some guy out. It was like, what are you doing? De Bruyne's reaction was just, yeah. the fuck are you doing, you idiot? It, like, it was Harry Maguire with the ball and he was yeah, going away from the goal. Like, what are you doing? Like, Jamie, just let him go with it. He's going nowhere. He is, I mean, he's done. Apparently he's got two years left on his deal. He is gone in the summer. If Pep's still there, Otamendi won't be. And I feel that neither will John Stones. I think that, I mean, we'll get to that point on, on, on City because 22 points behind, that's just unacceptable for, for Manchester City to be so far behind. Um, the rest of the league probably have a level of excuses for being poor this year. Um, Emery at Arsenal, Chelsea going through uh, a, a big transition with a transfer ban, Manchester United having uh, the Glazers, Edward Wood and Ollie Solskjaer shackling them to sixth place. Um, and, and Tottenham, obviously, I mean... Potter called it he said they needed it refreshing uh, but City have no excuse um, but it's hard to kind of shit on them too much because uh, City City should have blown the doors off Tottenham at the weekend and it just didn't happen and it's the second time this season that's happened um, I had a look at the expected goals in these, these games 6.5 for Man City 0.5 for Tottenham City have got two goals Tottenham have four I've got one as well for you. For over that's the two it. games, yeah. City uh, had 48 shots, 
scored two goals. Spurs had six shots and scored four goals. That's wild. And it's not even like Edison's a bad goalkeeper. It's a weird one, that one. Um, it's, it's, it, Spurs have certainly become a bit of a bogey team for them because obviously they knocked them out in the, the Champions yeah. League last mm. year. It's becoming a bit of a... It, much like um, Klopp's Liverpool team as well, are becoming a bit of a problem for them. But again, I swear City go behind. They've got nothing, no response. There's a lack of character about that team. Um, they're really good on the front foot. You know, they take the lead. They're a really hard team to play against. But when they go behind, I don't think they've got the stomach to kind of pull through. And I think that's a lot to do with basically poor transfers. I think there's poor transfers throughout that team. And they spent enough money that they've been able to hide that by... I mean, let's not forget about it. The only reason they went and got Laporte was because of an injury to John Stones. Say Stones doesn't get injured, Laporte's not playing there. He had been after him before, though. They I had, believe. but quite a few other teams had as well, and they'd obviously pulled the trigger. They forced to pull the trigger because of the Stones injury. Um, without Laporte, where would they be? And, you know, we're basically hanging their their hopes in Europe on on uh, Laporte being able to carry them through. I, they, by the way, they are not getting past Real Madrid. Zero chance, zero chance of them passing Real Madrid. Um, Real Madrid have found themselves under Zidane and, and credit to I thought that he was the bald fraud I think I got the wrong one <laughs> <laughs> because um, when you spend 800 million or whatever it is and you're 22 points behind in February and then let's I mean let's call it what it is it was basically that in January City going to win sorry Liverpool going to win the title in March it's okay. mad. It's mad. It's going to be at Everton as well. Yeah. and the, Guard of honour. The guard of honour. I mean, ultimately, if they don't win at Everton, they win at Palace. It's a guard of honour at the Etihad the following week, which will be pretty fun. Um, there's a lot of and problems. That, that, I was going to say, sorry, Woods, another mm. big issue for them is being the, uh, against the top six this year and the fact that they haven't strung more than three wins together, which if you're looking to win the title, more than, you need more than three consecutive wins. Yeah, and it, I think they've got a worse record than Man United against the top six. That's mad. I know Oli's actually had a pretty good record against the top six this year, but it's not been good enough. Same and, level with Chelsea as well, only yeah. only one point better off than Arsenal. I mean, we're it's not like, we're not particularly good against the top six. Exactly. You know, in fact, that was one big black mark against them. Um, this wasn't a Mourinho masterclass. Far from it. Um, it was a. <laughs> they just hung in there somehow and took the opportunities. Lucky. Very lucky, um, but. City just disappointing in this league, uh, really disappointing. Um, everything hangs on that last 16 game against Real Madrid now. It's going to be really interesting in the summer now as well because I feel we're at this this point now. This, this squad needs an overhaul, right? And City got the funds to be able to do it, no doubt. It's just whether or not Pep has the desire to to be leading that, right? Because he could quite easily in the summer just be like, you know what, it's not for me, I'm done. I'm tired, I want to have another year out, I want to go do something else. But he could quite easily see at the end of the season, he's won the League Cup um, and he's like, we go again and uh, I, I need to reinvest, I need to sort this out. I can see a lot of players being cleaned out of that team in the summer as well. Uh, it does need refreshing. I mean, this summer, the, the thing is, is though, is though, City aren't the only team that are going to be spending massively this summer. We say this every single summer, though. Yeah. Every single summer for so long, there's always been so much talk about, oh, they, they need this, they need that, they need this. It doesn't help that we've had... I mean, look at the reliance on youth in the, in the, in the top six these days. Yeah. Because it's just a case of actually 
people are scared to get transfers wrong now, I think, quite a lot of the time. And they don't want to do transfers for the sake of it. So, you know what? Let's get the fans on side by bringing youth in. Yeah, so let's Turns see. out youth isn't good enough. It's, yeah? well, well, I was going to argue that with Liverpool, though. They didn't bring anyone in the summer. And obviously, they've got a little bit of youth in their team. Obviously, like with Yeah, but they're, they're not relying on youth. Mm. Where they've already got Van Dijk, yeah, Salah, right, Firmino, Mane, yeah. Alisson, Henderson, like or lump it. Well, now they've got experienced internationals across the team, and they can blood in the best prospects. You know what I mean? Like with Man United, it's like the team is shit, and you're trying to bring a player into a shit environment. Same with Chelsea. Yeah. It's just there's no lead, real leaders there. It's just now it's just mm. here's okay. here's the youth. You're bringing the players on to win games. Look at Arsenal. Same, yeah. You know, um, let's talk. Let's go to the relegation, the relegation battle. Ooh. Did you have anything else to say on, on City that uh, afterwards? No, I just wanted to get your boys' opinions just quickly. What do you reckon, Pep? Well, I don't know, mate. You spoke, you spoke for 12 minutes, so, you know, it's, it, we're in a 12 minute segment, <laughs> so. Uh, I just want to go, like, do, do you think Pep stays or goes? After well, you. when he was at Barcelona, he said the, the whole four year thing wasn't it? You know, four years was too much. You know, he was done. He's at four years now, so uh, he, I think he's every chance. It's a chance, isn't it? Does he, basically, the question is: Does he does he see himself wanting to challenge Klopp and get back the you know the title? Is it is, he, is it that sort is that his sort of character? Is it or something is he that he rises to? Because I felt that he's run away from it. I felt that kind of he he he, he did it in Barcelona a little bit. The first we sign, the first sign of trouble, well. he walked. And we said it earlier in the season, like he's been dropping little hints here and there with his press conferences and that, kind of building up to it. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. He's going to really struggle to ever shift this um, checkbook manager status now, for what it's worth. So I saw a great rebuttal to that on uh, Twitter the other day. This guy was just like, he took Barcelona's B team and made them the best team in the world. (laughs) But then then you you kind of think about it and you're like, okay, yeah, there was a lot of youth that came through, but Rijkaard already had a pretty good team there. He, I mean, he turfed out... Well, basically, what he was successful at doing was turfing out Rondinho because he didn't want him to lead Messi the wrong way. I, Probably a sensible I, I, idea. Uh, yeah, I mean, I get it. He, he made their B team. Is, is that guy including Lionel Messi in that B team? <laughs> the greatest footballer that's ever lived. Look, I, I can't get too carried away with that Barcelona team. It, it, it had some exceptional footballers that were coming through already before he got in there. And, and Leo is the GOAT. Um, I thought his work at Bayern was... Subpar, I will say. I don't think that. Considering really... they just won the treble, right? Exactly, Before... and, and it then proceeded to take. Uh, obviously, Goethe was there when he got there. I think Lewandowski joined as well. Um, he did proceeded to just take all of the players from the biggest rivals. I'm not impressed by that, and you know, the, the, no doubt, 198 points in two seasons is unbelievable, um, and it is. It's such a, bro- a, a broken, football. a broken Manchester United were their biggest challenges one of those years. Though, yes, right? absolutely. Um, what I will say is, before we go to the next topic, you heard it here first. Lampard out, Guardiola in. Woods is on the bandwagon. <sighs> Get out, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, he'll have his checkbook. He'll have his checkbook. Yeah, although Pep, want, um, Pep wants some of that London lifestyle. I, I think he'd be a lot happier in West London. <laughs> right, relegation. Obviously, what we're now in the beginning of February. Teams looking precarious, I would say. I think we've now got a bit more of a, an idea over the teams that are probably going to be struggling for the remainder of the season. Because I think the last time we broached this subject, you know, there was what five points separating, like sixth and seventeenth or something mad like that. Talk to us, Lee. Tell them, t- tell me. Don't tell the viewers. 
I want you to look into my eyes. Well, I'm not going to look into your eyes because I'm going to study the table as we talk. Okay, then. Don't um, look into my eyes. But tell us, <laughs> tell us about the table, Lee. Well, I'm looking at Arsenal here. They're, they're seven points off from relegation. Is that how far back we've got to go to see who's getting relegated this year? I, if I did tweet out uh, about the relegation battle on Saturday and I did deliberately cut up to Arsenal and say there's a big game coming up on Sunday between Burnley and Arsenal where one of them can put some daylight between themselves and the other relegation candidates. Well, that was probably the ultimate dour mid-table game, wasn't it? Oh, and they should have lost it. No, no, the grass was too long and hadn't been watered. Is, is this a problem? So, was this an excuse? I, I missed that's what That's what Arteta said after the game. Oh, he's not going that way. Oh, God. Is he really... Look, I, I said it last week. I'm That's not saying I said to the wrong way. guy, but I am yet to see it, all right? I'm not sitting here like Martin Keown jerking myself off after a two-all draw against Chelsea. A dreadful Chelsea performance as well. I'm not getting, like, kind of happy <clears> off this. I'm just not seeing it yet. They're worse off than they were in Emery at the moment. All the stats point to them being worse. Now, you said to me yesterday, Lee, oh, Arsenal, but they've drawn loads of games. Yeah. And it's like, well, yes, but they didn't win them. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't lose them. Well... <laughs> Great, but apparently they play better football now, but they don't do any of the things that playing better football should, should encompass, i.e. scoring goals and beating your opposition. I feel like we're going to be on a kind of stuck record with this because you two boys obviously got your opinion set now. I was the advocate for Arteta at the start. If you guys remember, I'm the one who sat here and said, actually, he's very highly respected in the coaching world and he, he will be a very good manager for someone. The problem I have at the moment is, is that I'm hearing this narrative from Arsenal fans oh they look how amazing they are we're, we're the best team in the world now it's like you you've got the new manager bounce right don't get fucking carried away until like next year okay you know what i mean they've got a bounce to an effect but the issue with no, Arsenal- usually a bounce it coincides with results to be fair which this one isn't so <laughs> um well that's what i was going to say because they are ultimately on getting the results aren't they? well they're picking up draws but i've said it before i just feel like because the players have already got at that club we've 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 ridiculed these players several times, you know, over the course of the season. They're fucking shit. He's they inherited they a lot of shit. They've got Like, they've got a goal scorer, at least. Like, you can't scorer, say that, like, while well, basically... centre-backs. Calamity. Yeah, no, they're not being good. They're not being shit good. Although, although Mustafi, for what it's worth, is, is being better under Arteta. So I will but say that. He's coaching him then, isn't he? Thing is, if you look at it, if, if I were to put the Arsenal tinted glasses on, right, I sit there and say, right, the goalkeeper, I think he's shit, personally. I said this when he before he joined the league. You, you, you know, did. No goalkeeper you did. made more mistakes. I, I do not rate Leno at all. He doesn't inspire confidence in me. They've got an incredible young right back, yeah, Hector Bellerin, fucking captain these days, all right? I've heard Hector Bellerin is the next best thing, yeah? For what it's worth, I think he's been quite good since he's come I out. said this last year, didn't I say it last year? That when he got injured last year and they fell off a cliff, I said it's because of Hector Bellerin. Yes. I know his qualities, Lee. <laughs> right back, Kieran Tierney, this, their big signing, one of their big signings in the summer. So they bought a new left back, supposedly amazing. They bought David Luiz. David Luiz is still a Premier League level-ish centre-half, right? <laughs> we, we've a mistake in him. Probably generous. That's, that's, that's right. always been his but, issue. But this team they've got, they bought, they spent a million fucking million pounds on Nicola Pupper. What's he done? They spent a million pounds. A million million pounds. <laughs> they wish they spent just a million pounds on him. Look, yeah, that was, he, he'll be fine. That he'll was one fine. that you called correctly. Yeah, you did. You, you did called say, the Pepper one correctly. Say Pepper was but they've still got players that. like. Um, Erz, not Erzul, that's a bad one. He's not very good. Um, I love Erzul, but it's not very good. Uh, Lacazette, they're still, he's still a guy. He's, you know, Lacazette's still good. He should have scored a header in that game. Yes. 
Um, I love how our relegation chat is now actually is just I, started off just, just Arsenal. I am enjoying the fact that we started with relegation chat and now we're basically just talking about Arsenal's <laughs> team. Sorry, Lee. I said one question, but I'll, let, I'll promise I'll no, let no, you no, crack no, on. No, no. I haven't been paying attention to, to Arsenal fan TV really at all recently. What, what's their... Are they, are they in the... They, oh, playing better football? They're okay. behaving, mate. And I think they're behaving because they got called out big time and I think that they're overly compensating right now to just say nice things. Um, look, it's understandable. I think that it got poisoned under Emre. I think they're very excited like... I am as a Chelsea fan with having, well, we've got a real club legend. They've got Mikel Arteta who happened to play for Arsenal once or twice um, coming in. It, it feels nice. It feels fresh. They've got some good young players. Generational talents, I would like to tell you. I, I'm not quite seeing mm. that. I think generational's thrown around too much. Um, I think there's two generational talents in world football and that's Jaden Sancho and Kylian Mbappe and neither of them play for Arsenal. Um I think it's, there, there's a lot to be excited about, but I also do want to make a point. This Arsenal squad isn't anywhere near as bad as what some people will have you believe. This is what I'm trying to get at. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I don't think they're as bad as what... I don't they think they're in need of a complete re-fucking-shuffle and a re-fucking-do-everything-over. They need a couple of key positions, namely a, a centre-half or two or three, <laughs> and they need, they need someone in centre midfield who's got balls. Basically, they need a combination of the, the midfielders they've got in Genduzi, Xhaka and Torreira kind of into one player. Exactly. Like the best parts of each player, obviously, not the worst parts, because that'd be, that'd be fucking dreadful. Um, and as it is, they've got kind of like players that can do certain aspects but can't do it all. Um, yeah, it, it, they certainly need strengthening, but they are not, they've not got the 10th best squad in the league. I think they'd arguably have a top four squad and the fact that they are 10th and facing relegation... Uh, is 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 a? <laughs> I, I disagree. I think I think they're lucky if they've got a top eight. Well, they will be from where they are, mate. But their squad is definitely not just top eight. I think we're just going back with the Arsenal fans. I think if Arsenal are in the same position or they're still pulling the same results this time next year, I don't. I don't think they will hold out being nice for that long. No. Basically, he's got as we said before. He's got his. He's grace got grace until the until, summer, hasn't he? Until yeah. the summer, he needs to. I do feel like he does need to make a good two, three big transfers and not Nicola Pepe type transfers in terms of it all goes to pot and it's an attacking player. They need to focus on that defence. I, I, I think they've got to be smart with what they do. Um, I, I, I think I clean out a lot. I, think I, feel, I feel like what they tried to do, obviously, because they're held back now as well because they're playing Europa League football and they're not in the Champions League. So the money that, you know, the fact that they paid there to go to, what was it, 8 million for David Luiz? You know, that's... And you get what you get. He, he is 8 million. He's an 8 million pound defender. Yeah, I mean, he like you're right. I mean, there's a reason why Lampard didn't want him at the club. Mm. And it's not because we're littered with world-class centre-halves. Anyway, Lee, do you want to take us through the relegation? I'll, I'll take, real, I'll, right? I'll, I'll, we'll start, we'll, I think we'll take Arsenal and Burnley out of the equation because I think Newcastle still very much in it. So the, Newcastle on 31 points, they're in 12th place. Southampton also on the same amount of points. And one point after that is Crystal Palace. And then a little bit of a drop-off to Brighton in 15th for 26 uh, with Bournemouth as well. Bournemouth resurgent after we've, after I decided to go a little bit ham on them, you know, and now they've fucking come back and won two in a row. Um, Eddie Howe is literally um, sticking middle fingers up at me. Um, I still, for what it's worth, I, I still very much think they're in the thick of it. Obviously, on the flip side, I've been quite pro, I think Woods as well, we've been quite pro Brighton, you haven't. And Brighton, they're very much in the melee. Uh, and I feel like we should probably focus on their game 
with West Ham, who are also fellow <laughs> relegation candidates. Um, wow. Uh, David Moyes is being David Moyes, isn't he? Very. That's a nightmare result, mate. Absolute nightmare. Because we touched on them last week. They're, their next two games are Liverpool and City. Um, they're not getting no change from that. So You're free one up and you've got 15 minutes to go. Yeah, you've got to see it out, right? You're Just seeing it out and it was comical. It was. Comical defending. It was. So poor. Um, those are the sort of results that will see you go down. Um, it's a big result for Brighton because it's a comeback. It's kind of galvanises a bit. It's a positive point for them, but certainly it's two points lost for West Ham who now find themselves in that bottom three. I, um, I think the worry for, with, with West Ham is as well is the... the You've got to question the mentality of the players. You just look at them, you feel like, are they going to be up for a relegation battle? They've not got the stomach, are they? They don't um, know they've got the stomach. They don't look at the collectivity to, as they're working as a team. Haller is he's just isolated up front. You know, he, yeah. He's never going to look like the striker that he was at, um, was at Frankfurt, was it? That's right. Where they got him from. Because he played um, with Jovic, didn't he? He played he with played Jovic, two up, front, two up yeah. top, and he's just isolated with Snodgrass as his service. Well, I'm sorry, that's, it's not going to be good enough. And, you know, who else have they got there? Um, Lanzini's been in the worst form of his career as well. Yeah. yeah he's coming back from Anderson as well. Struggle, he, where's he been? Anderson. Injured, I think, at the moment, right? I don't know if it's a significant one, but I, he's definitely not going to be one that's going to be fighting um, in, in March, April, May. I haven't seen Felipe Anderson for years. Where has he been? What's <laughs> yeah, no. Remember how, 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 how hot he started, with, uh, right? Declan Rice, you, you, your favourite boy. Um, I feel like maybe the, uh, the hype with him being an English player and being in a DM place, uh, in DM role, sorry. Um, maybe you were right, because... This is just a show of me being right, isn't it, basically? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is, actually, isn't it? Fucking um, Nostradamus over here. Basically, essentially, the only player they've got in that team that you feel have any stomach is Mark Noble. Um, He's going to have a big role to play and kind of galvanise on the troops, isn't he? Um, should never have gotten rid of Tompkins, mate. <laughs> Yeah, and then you take into the fact that they're going to have probably a toxic atmosphere, especially as we said about those games it, coming it's up. Starting, they're going to pick it? up many points. They're talking the protests right now. Um, I, for what it's worth, what the owners meant to do. I know not th- fucking hire David. I Moyes. know. I, I, I'm going to take the David Moyes thing out of it because they 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 put Pellegrini in place, right? So they got a manager that ultimately has won a league title. Um, I, there's questions. That about was a Pellegrini. coup for the man. That was a big coup. They then went and also. Uh, told a squad for him. They spent money. They didn't uh, short shrift it this summer. They spent forty-five million pounds on on a striker, and it's not worked. Um, the the panic into putting David Moyes in is absolute chaos. Um, I don't understand it. He's not Sam Allardyce in the sense that he is guaranteed to keep you up. Right again, this is what I said last week, boys. Right, you need, I, I need to start writing this down. <laughs> I, I, I feel that a lot of us have mentioned Sam Allardyce on, on several occasions for several different clubs so far this season and he's still sitting in the studio uh, stewing over the fact that he should be England manager um, or, or Real Madrid manager. I feel it's because every time he leaves a club he doesn't leave in good circumstances often apart from maybe Sunderland Palace wasn't good Everton wasn't good West Ham wasn't good Newcastle wasn't good no I mean he got turf big time though by by Ashley and Nuka. I mean, the Everton one was because you got guys wanted more and ultimately will get to Everton in a bit that they have. He should have a statue outside the stadium, haven't we? Come on. He should, right? Eighth. They were fighting relegation eighth, mate. That's fighting relegation eighth. Bollocks. Bollocks. It's true. Mikey, back me up here. Literally, that's what happened. Um, (laughs) Literally. They were so lucky as well, West Ham, because they could be properly sucked in because Watford Watford blowing a two-goal lead as well and, and not just even... They didn't even get a point from that game. That is killer. Killer, but... I mean, Norwich are gone. You can discount those. It's, it, you've got two places and it could be 
anyone. Um, and I think you're right, including Newcastle in that. I think Southampton will get out of it. Palace's form is dreadful. Where are the goals coming from? Same with Newcastle. That's where, that's my issue with Newcastle. There's just no goals. 22 goals and 24 goals. Did say as soon as you get rid of Rondon, mate. That's yeah. Level. Yeah, they should have brought him back online, man. Um, I don't know. I, I, Palace were well clear, well clear earlier this season. I, I worry for them a bit because twenty-two goals is that's going to that's going to be a problem. That's the lowest return in the league. Are um, they still relying on B unit? I mean, B unit's playing regularly. Um, he's not scoring at all, is he? Looking looking at this, Palace, Brighton, and West Ham are the least outperformed teams. If you take away, if we say Norwich are the ones that are going down, maybe it's between them three. I think Brighton will have enough to get out of this. We haven't met, we haven't mentioned Villa. They're they're trending the wrong way, and that, the thing with Villa is as well, they they've fallen into that that trap. Yeah, I am Villa, two wins in the last four. They're falling into a trap of where five. You end up with a distraction. Well, you can at the still end say of four. They're, sorry, boys, I missed that. I've got a got a voice in my ear here. Sorry. So <laughs> Villa have fallen into. Um, the trap of having a cup run while facing relegation, right? February is going to be a lot of focus on the game at the end of it. And that's a risk, obviously, because if players aren't focusing on their, their league games, they could find themselves uh, buried in the top three, uh, cut adrift a bit. They, they do not have a goal scorer. Um, they are so heavily reliant on Jack Grealish, uh, which is understandable. Well, they just signed a guy and he did score. Is it Samartos? Yeah, okay. I, that, that's fair enough. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to get carried away um, quite yet. Um, they're struggling. They are struggling. Um, and they're trending the wrong way. The fact that Bournemouth have kind of got it together uh, as well, uh, they looked gone only. A... But this this is the thing, though. In a flip side, it, it could is. be like two or three games' time, they can go on a run and someone it's else can go on a bad so run again. Tight. It's all so tight. And, and the thing is, is that all these teams, because there's so many stuck in it, they're all going to be facing each other from here on out. Um, and you're going to basically have other six... Other than West Ham. <laughs> other than West Ham. <laughs> uh, you're going to have six pointers on, on the regular and it's going to be very important to get those home victories out of these games um, and try getting something away. Uh, if, 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 if I was to kind of go out on a limb now, I'd say definitely Norwich, obviously they're gone. Um, I really, really worry about Villa. I think that they could... I think they could go... Um, and I think West Ham will go. I really want Watford to go. You've wanted Watford to go for a while. I think... I, I, let's see how they bounce back. To be honest, that, that's a big sucker punch result against Everton at the weekend. Proper sucker punch. Because the drudgery of a Nigel Pearson managing you will, will eventually wear you down. It okay? will, but it's whether that it, it can kind of it will wear you down next August as opposed to mm. March. Well, right? let's, look, let's look at Everton because they obviously sit one place above Arsenal. <clears throat> King Carlo's at the reins. How long has he been there now, Woods? Uh, well, he came in the start of December. Start of December, so a same, of same time as Mikel Arteta. Just want oh, to point that go. out. It's true. There you so go. Uh, uh, I'd, li- I'd like to know points. how many points Arteta, the great, has picked up in that time. I, and I, I how many points? I, I think Ancelotti's got double the, double the points. Double. People are like, Carlo's turning up for a payday. Carlo ain't here to take part. He's here to take over. <laughs> so, Mr. Collard... Can we have your honest assessment over the next five minutes of King Carlo and Everton? Well, I just actually want to quickly touch upon... Um... Oh, no, great. Ignore the question. Yeah, no, well, go to something else. The Fine. question is Don't Everton related. 
Um, the fact that we returned down a, a Richarlison bid of 85 million from Barcelona, um, that for me is a worry because he's a key player for us. And whilst we, I can see why we turned it down in, in mid-season, as evidenced by the game on Saturday, you know, he's obviously a very important player. He's probably like our main goal source, really. Um, come summer, I, I feel like it could be, if, if Barcelona comes sniffing again, I think we're going to struggle to to keep prizing or, you know, because he's going he's gonna to get interested, basically. Spanish-speaking country, it's Barcelona for fuck's sake. He's going to, he's, you know, we, we, we're going to struggle to compete with that, I think. Egalo turned them down. <laughs> he did. Sorry, what? All right, let, let me let me let me bring you up to speed, Woods. Let me bring you up to speed. The year is January. No, wait, what? The year is last year, 2019. It is January, and Barcelona tried to get Igalo to their club because they identified him for the same reason Solskjaer had as a top marksman, ready to fire them to goals, and um, Igalo turned them down. He turned them down. So Igalo turned down Barcelona. Yes. And now he plays in the red of Manchester United. It's a cruel world, isn't it, Barcelona fans? I, I don't see Richarlison turning down Barcelona. For what it's worth, I'm, I was shocked at the bid. Not, not because of the player, because I think the player's a talented player. Because Barcelona have fuck all money. Um, I, I, I have no idea where that came from. I bet that was a very much staggered payment. Scale, I, I that probably they, was going to take managed it twenty years. That was going to take to pay off. Um, it's a full manager deal. Here's oh, here's five million, but then I'll pay you thirty million over the next fifty-seven months, and then after the player has made fifty appearances, you can have another two million, and then when he's played twenty international games, you can have some more money, and when he scored twenty international goals, here's some more money. Mm. Etc. But well, on the other uh, side, cetera, cetera. Everton have, have uh, I wouldn't say financial issues, but we're, we're putting it quite tight at the moment with the financial fair right. play. Lee, financial I'm going to call a spade play. a spade here, mate. Uh, that's blatant cheating. Um, I do not want to hear any of your horse shit about Chelsea buying stuff anymore, mate. Your owner <laughs> bought the potential to have the naming rights for £30 million. Not the naming rights for the new stadium, but the potential to bid for it. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Like no, they, they, that's, that's like flagrantly disregarded. But the, the guy who he's done that with is also a guy who's is basically his partner, his businessman. So he's going to... That's mate. pretty much... That's a shoo-in. It, it, it wasn't really kind of... It was not done in any subtle way. I, I, I imagine they probably sat there sharing a cigar thinking, we're geniuses. <laughs> we're genius. We circumvented this. And then mate, obviously we've, we've like, they've s- looked and gone, what's this? <laughs> Well, we've got so much dross at our club, mate, and obviously we're not as big as you know, you know, the likes of United, etc. Where we've got obviously revenue coming in left, right, and centre from fucking promoting wine or something like that. So, um, yeah, God, uh, Everton <laughs> wine. Could you imagine? <laughs> fucking hell! <laughs> <coughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> but yeah. But anyway, let's let's get on to King Carlo. Um, Carlo Fantastico. Um, Carlo Magnifico. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember um, when he was appointed, by the way, Lee, you were so down on this. I was giddy with excitement for you and you were a little bit like, oh, yeah. We spent but- an entire episode convincing Lee that this was a good idea. You've got to remember, boys, I'm, I'm, I'm always a glass half empty. Fucking glasses in the cabinet <laughs> still with you, son. Jesus. Um, no, but you know, he's coming. Call our drink straight from the tap. He's, he's, done, he's done a good job. Look, um, I don't want to get too carried away because we haven't played too many... 
fucking big opposition. <laughs> What's he dying over there? <laughs> hey, look, I'm not going to get carried away. He's done all right. <laughs> I swear you were in the relegation zone when he took over. Oh, here we go. So it's another fucking statue time. Is get it the, fucking... he, him, him and Allardyce arm round each other. That's what I want outside. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't put a past Allardyce to like claim credit for you know the team it is now. Um, oh, definitely. But no, we we we've only lost to uh, Man City, um, and that you know is, I think it's in eight games, uh, seven or eight games that he's been in now in the in terms of Premier League games. The fact we've only lost to Man City, you kind of expect. Um, yeah, it's been good. Like defensively, I'm still a little bit. Uh, I'm not too sure. There's been major improvements, but um, attacking, uh, especially in the last two or three games, he does want to play quicker and higher tempo than what we had under Marco Silva with uh, probably a better press as well. Uh, unfortunately, I still, as I said before, it's the, it's the players that he's got at his disposal that will kind of limit how much he can do with his tactics. Uh, obviously, come come the summer, you know, that's where we're going to need to... Well, we need to ship a load out and we'll, we'll be getting a few players off our books and I think that's probably one of the main reasons why we didn't do anything in January, as I said, with financial fair play and with the fact that we've got a ridiculous wage bill like Nias. Uh, Cuckoo Martino just doing nothing at the club but I think it's like over 150 grand a week in wages it's it's, it's a joke oh. yeah so um, yeah but overall yeah I'm, I'm, I'm pleased I'm happy it's, it's been good progress he's he scored he's got like double the amount of points that Silva got in double the amount of games so you know obviously we you, you can see obviously there's been a a rise up the table slow yeah. and steady I have a series of questions for you now I want much like in the in Friends when they ask you to clear your mind, clear your mind. Go yeah? on. Name the first thing that comes <laughs> into your head, right? I'll ask you some questions. I want you to name them, answer them. Who has been the most improved player under under King Carlo? Uh, Holgate. Who has been the least improved player? Delph. What position do you want to strengthen next? All over. Okay. <laughs> Who do you want to sell? Oh, Delph. <laughs> nah, um, prob- oh, it's not so much sell, but they kind of just get off our books. Who? But I can't see anyone who want to take them. Like players like Sigerson, you know, 29, 30-year-olds that's on a shitload of money. I, I, yeah. Where do you think you'll finish this season? Ooh. Eighth. <laughs> the classic place for Everton. Where, where would you hope you finish this season? Eighth. Nah. Um, obviously, I mean, if, if I'm to be... Ambitious, obviously, I could still say you know potentially we could get into Europe, but I, I I just I feel like the teams above us maybe not so much with Arsenal, but who I think like with Sheffield United and Wolves, I think there's consistently a better team in terms of uh, you know they're well set within you know within their squad as a, how they play football and how they approach their games. Whereas I feel like with uh, with um, Angelotti that he's still trying to bed that into our players, and as I said, I'm not too sure if he's got the right players yet to do that. Are you happy that Andre Gomez is back training? Yes, he is, and he's looking glorious as well. If, uh, for, for the listeners out there, just go and check out his Instagram, mate. Oh, he's, he's a beautiful man, and he's back in training. <clears throat> it's looking good. He's, he's actually been penciled in for the Arsenal game. I think we've got Palace up next, and then, then after that, we've got, we've got our break, and then Arsenal, and he, he's penciled in for that. So Sonny um, gets a chance to finish the job. <laughs> Not that kind of guy. I'd like, I like to see how that will be when they, when they next meet up. I imagine there'll be kind of like Son will come out with the handshake with like chocolates and flowers. <laughs> How many goals do you think Moise Kern will get this season? Uh, I reckon he'd be lucky if he gets another three. How many did he say he was going to get? Seven, wasn't it? I think it was, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, we'll see if he gets that number. 
Oh, you've got another six to go. And finally, will you accept my bet? What's your bet? That Igalo's going to outscore Keane. Oh, 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 wow. Wow. Okay, yeah. Yeah? I'll take it on. I'll give you, I'll give you a break because I'm rather clams. Okay. How much do you want to bet on this, Lee? Five well, pounds? I'm still waiting, for, I'm still waiting never... for the five pounds from Woods for something. What? No, no there's no... You, you owe me five pounds from last year. For what? The Fulham Wolves debacle. Oh, yeah, but then I've got the Kane one, which is already cashed back in. Well, in that case, we're even, even, aren't we? So there's another bet in there as well, I swear. It, 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 why are you trying to get money out of me? <laughs> so then you can pay for this bet. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> um, Lee. You bet on the bed, you'll well, lose the bet. We'll, so. we'll bet a nice solid fiver. A, so, a solid fiver, okay. Well... We've cracked. That was a long segment. Mate, it's all been long, mate. It's can, can I just say long. something quickly on Everton? Because I, I, while you've been talking, I was thinking, oh, I wonder who they got coming up. So, like you say, you've got Palace. Then you've got Arsenal away. Quite difficult. Manchester right? United home. Chelsea away. Liverpool home. <laughs> <laughs> so, so March is an absolute... But Norwich at the end of the month, crucially. Um, then Leicester home. Tottenham away. Oh, God, you've got a load of really horrible games to finish. I'd with. argue Man United at home isn't as difficult as it sounds. Do you want to wager that with Mikey as well? Yeah. All right, I'll double it. That Keane scores and Aguilo doesn't in, in the Everton Man United. Oh, God, okay, wow. fine. And, I, and the other way, if yeah, Aguilo yeah. scores and Keane doesn't, yeah? Yeah, we'll make it, it goes up to Wow. 10. Okay. I like yeah, it. Goes. I like it's it. Good. Right, um, we have a one last little feature before we do the usual wrap-up of predictions and winners and chumps and things like that. So... I found a, uh, a video on the internet today, or not today, last week, on Twitter, of, um, it was in the Australian League, I'm sure it was. I the commentators so, yeah. sound Australian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I basically... I think I, it's lower league, Australian League. Yeah. I tagged Pod of Two Halves in it, the Twitter account, ran by my good buddy Tom Woods over there, because it's, it's glorious. Essentially, Guy goes to take penalty. As he's, like, kind of standing there, kind of, you know, about to take it, the goalkeeper, who is in goal, ready to save the penalty just runs out of his goal and just boots the ball away. Like, fucking have it. See you later. Uh, takes the yellow card and the, the, the commentator is like, well, it's great mind games there, great mind games. And then he proceeds to save the penalty. It's fucking genius. It's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. I tagged Woods in it and he had a thought. A wonderful thought. I listened to another podcast where they have their own Hall of Fame on there, you see. And uh, in the you know, Hall of Fame is usually something to be revered. It's where you're the top of your profession. But we all know that there are different levels of glory in this game. And uh, so what Woods, uh, you know, decided to, to, pr- to propose was a shithousery Hall of Fame. Now, what this means is that we all have one uh, nomination each uh, this, this week. And what will happen is, like I said, I'll name my example, who I want to nominate. And the other two people must both be in agreement that that person is eligible and should be in the hall of the, 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 the shithousery hall of fame. Okay. How often are we going to be doing this? But this is going to be an intermittent thing. It doesn't have to be every week. If we see something glorious happen, okay. we open up the hall of shithousery. So we're opening up, it's like the opening ceremony today. This is the opening ceremony with, with potentially three inductees, regardless if we all agree on them. Okay. Okay. Okay, yep. This is going to be a feature we do. Oh, hopefully I'd like to get theme music for this. So we know when the hall of shithousery, something like that. Maybe we'll we won't though. We'll, we'll just be singing it instead. We'll be singing we? it instead. That's how we do things on the show. No budget. No budget. <laughs> uh, eight quid a month for hosting. Come on. Um, so uh, I'm going to name my first inductee, my, my nomination. Okay. 
Both of you must agree that this man deserves a place in the Shithousery Hall of Fame. It's Sergio fucking Ramos. Okay? Undoubtable, mate. Not only should he be in the Hall of Fame, he should have his own fucking wing in the Hall of Fame. The reason I love this man is that he's, he's a sublime defender, right? He's good on the ball. He's good in the air. He scores more goals than some strikers. He doesn't have to be such a shithouse, right? I read a wonderful description of Sergio Ramos today on the, on the, on the tube where it says, Sergio Ramos isn't a shithouse. He's a shit hotel, right? That's how fucking good he is at shithousery. From fucking trying to get deliberate yellow cards in Champions League games so he could skip matches, to the diving that he, that he does. He's a wonderful flopper. The cheating he does. It, oh, he's everything a, a young professional should, should aspire to be. He doesn't need to cheat, but he does it anyway to be even better. So I was thinking about when he done salary. No, but it's <laughs> glorious, mate. Oh, oh, mate. Ruined Egypt's I mean, World Cup as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was beautiful with the fact, because obviously that was the season where Salah was carrying Liverpool big time. And I can just imagine in his mind, he's like, if I get a chance, I'm going to put one on him and I'm going to get him out of here. Because that's his that, mentality. He did it. Mate, there are not enough players like that these days. Yeah, you might go overboard and have a Thatcher. Yeah. <laughs> But we all think Thatcher's not a shithousery genius. He's a cunt. Yeah. yeah. Let's be clear on that. There's a line between glorious villain and horrible, despicable bastard. Okay? I like the glorious villain. Okay? So I'm going to put it to you guys, Sergio Ramos. Yay or nay? Absolutely, mate. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. Excellent. Maybe after a while, I'd like to name it. I'd like to name the, the, the Hall of Fame. Because you know, like, you have, like, certain Hall of Fames which are named after people, right? Or you have particular awards that are named yeah, yeah. after things, right? There needs to be something that, that commemorates Ramos's standings as such a, a leader of the Hall of Shithousery. Yeah? Maybe, maybe we get Woods to like set up a new account on Twitter and then like basically we induct people and we put on to that and then he'll be like our, our flagship type <laughs> guy. I don't know? think Woods needs another Twitter account <laughs> to manage this. Yeah, he loves it. It'd be, it'd be one that you wouldn't have to post too much, you know. It'd be once in a blue moon, you know, sort of thing. But they have no followers then. No, we don't care. Just so somebody, we can track it. Basically, it'd be our way of tracking our own Hall of Fame. We can track it, man. I'll fucking write them down after this. But then worry. people can see it themselves. <laughs> okay. We can pin it on our favourite tweets on our, on our Twitter. Maybe, maybe I'll take responsibility for this account. Lee's going to do something, Woods. Wow. Lee's going to do something. The producer's going to produce. Wow. <laughs> Earning them bucks, finally, eh? Um, Woods, who is your nominee... In the shithousery Hall of Fame. It's Jose Mourinho. <laughs> um, and I, I'll sum it up as best and quickly as possible. But when a team, <laughs> when he goes to play a difficult team, he parks a bus and shithouses a win. They call it a Mourinho masterclass. <laughs> the fact that his name is coined with basically shithousing your way to a victory against a tougher opponent. Um, this is a man that uh, shoved his finger in an assistant manager's eye because Bantz, um, he's a man that couldn't even just enjoy winning a European Cup semi-final at the Camp Nou that he had to run on the pitch to point at the Barcelona directors who had decided to go against appointing Jose Mourinho as Barcelona manager instead of enjoying the moment. 
when I think football and I think shithouse, it's Jose fucking Mourinho. And it will always be Jose Mourinho. I, 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 the closest person to him, for what it's worth, is Sergio Ramos. You are 100% right, Mikey. But I love both of these men. I absolutely adore them. I will forever love Jose Mourinho because my favourite time as a Chelsea fan was when Jose Mourinho and Chelsea were shithousing their way around Europe. It was just glorious. Hiding in laundry baskets because he's banned from a stadium. (laughs) You know, like this is this. He is just so good, mate. So good. Oh, I mean, even even this weekend, the moment of him sitting on the bench and his assistant manager going, oh, he's, they should have got a second yellow, really. And Jose's up there screaming in a fourth official's face about it. The thing is, my, I would always say almost my favourite thing about Jose is that he's an incredibly bad winner as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, let's not forget, he went to Anfield to spoil the fucking party. He didn't go there for any other reason. He turned up there and he was like, boys, we are spoiling this. That was all he had to play for because we had a European Cup semi-final midweek. He didn't care. The tight were gone. He just wanted to spoil the party. And when we bagged that second goal, he's running the touchline, banging his chest on the Chelsea badge, just shoving it to them. When we win the League Cup against Liverpool, he's shushing the Liverpool fans. This is Jose Mourinho, the biggest shithouse in football. And the fact is, right, UEFA actually called him, what is it, didn't they call him like the disease of football or something along those lines? That's that's like how loathed in the, basically the authorities of the game Jose Mourinho was. God, I love him. (laughs) Um, It's hard not to, to, to accept him as a, as an inductee into the hall of shithousery. I think so. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in on this one, of course. You know, I, th- I think you'd almost have two different wings, wouldn't you? You'd have the Mourinho wing, yes. the Ramos wing, for, 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 for coaching, for playing. I think they're yes. the two. Those are yeah. the wings, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Lee? Um, I feel like mine's probably going to be the weakest one of the three, and I'm a, a little bit worried if you're actually going to accept him. But I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chuck his name in there. So I, I went with uh, Graham Sunez, right? <laughs> <laughs> Now, obviously, you know, I don't have a special affiliation with this man for, for any particular reason. Obviously, especially being a Liverpool man. You right there? You right there, Chuckles? I'm a I love Graham Sunez, mate. I love. Well, him. this is the thing. Like, whilst it, you can take into maybe consideration his punditry in recent years, where he's, a, you know, a bit of an ignorant man, you know, but at the same Little time, bit. he holds his uh, he holds his own within, you know, when he's sitting with the uh, obviously the other fellow pundits, but. Going back to when he was a player, mate, some of those challenges he used to, to dish out, mate, they were horrendous. There's obviously that one in particular, which is an absolute shocker, where like, the guy is literally maimed and he turns around and points to his own leg. Yeah. to say, you know, that I'm the one that's injured. Like, look at the guy's leg, mate, you've maimed him. Um, so, uh, yeah. And then obviously he's also got that other um, synonymous um, thing with uh, kind of probably one of the ultimate shithouse It's the greatest <laughs> moment ever is taking the flag when he's Galatasaray manager and taking on is it to the Fenerbahce pitch and stamping it and, you know putting it in the middle oh. um, that's brilliant mate you know that's, oh, that's, so and good. that's ballsy as well it's fucking the stones mate. Turkey man exactly. the stones on the man <laughs> so, it's, the, it's the image of him striding because he when he's got that flag in his hand there is purpose he strides to the centre circle and the thing is, it's a fucking enormous flag. It's a massive right. flag. 
Because that that could quite easily, he could have gone to stab that in and it just not, not goes in. He looks like an idiot, right? But no, no. Muscles rippling in the Turkish sun, fucking bangs it in that fucking in that floor, mate. Just fucking gets it, makes sure it's in there. Just fucking that's that's, that's our flag, yeah, in your stadium. Fuck you. Ah, I'm appreciating your enthusiasm. So this looks promising for me. I mean, of course it's in. He goes under the Mourinho wing, obviously. He's in the Mourinho wing okay. of the hall of or the hall of shit house, right? Oh, coach. I mean, absolutely. Like Sunez is definitely in, mate. Absolutely. As a player, shit house his way for a career. As a manager, shit house his way for a career. As a pundit, as a pundit, it's kind of like um, on the borderline of definitely being racist as he is. I don't think he is. I just think that he's just a bit ignorant. He's also a shit house as well. So Graham's- he did the flag thing as manager, didn't he? He, yeah, he, he did. did, yeah. Right. So that, and I think that's his most shit housery moment. Because otherwise, on the pitch, he was just a bit of a fucking horrible bastard, right? But oh, the, but the, the shit housery came with a flag, and that's why. Just a clarification. That's why he'll be in the man- managerial, the Mourinho side of the. That world. was his crowning glory. Yeah. So he he, he makes it into the managerial wing. Yeah. Are there three phenomenal candidates there? Thank you, Lee. I, I, that really perked me up. That the image of fucking Sunes. Oh, gallantly striding towards that semicircle, mate. Oh, God. I, I wondered what Lee was going to go with, and I was wrecking my mind, and I was wondering if he was going to go with Pierluigi Colina. For, we'll for, shit, for shit, shit housing Everton out of the I honestly Europe. thought he was going to go with Duncan Ferguson. <laughs> Big Dunk. Ah, oh, no. Just for the throttle. But then, then that's where I was going to argue with the... Is he just a fug or is he is it shit house? Yeah, is it shit house or is it fuggery? Good point. It's really shit house. The guy that's also served jail time for headbutting a, a man on the football pitch. You know? <laughs> but yeah. is it shit housery? Is it in the same vein as Busquets peeking out of his hands? Well, he didn't get away with it or anything. Like obviously Ramos is like great for you know getting away with half the things that he does. Um, whereas Ferguson never did. He was obviously just too too much in your face. I've, I've just punched yeah. a guy. I've just I'm headbutted a guy. And this is why. Send me off. I, I, I did, I almost did something a bit zany and I was going to induct a pairing. Because you, wow. know, like, you know, like you can get like in, for example, the WWE Hall of Fame, yeah, 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 you yeah. get tag teams, right? Yeah, yeah. I was going to go with the pairing of Ramos and Pepe. Oh my God. <laughs> because I'll never forget when, is it when, when Pepe just bludgeoned, was it, was it um, Benzema? No, it wasn't Benzema. No, is, just, the, is this the one where he, he basically trips a guy and then proceeds to kick him three times on the ground? <laughs> yes. Yes. No, it, it, that is the maddest thing I've seen on a football pitch. I can't quite... Comp- he just gets so angry that he's gone. He's just gone. <laughs> just completely gone. Anyway, and now I'm just kicking him man. Uh, let's go to predictions because we're running quite long. We are. We've only one. got four games to look at. Saturday, the 8th of February, the half 12 kickoff. Your boys, Everton, take on Crystal Palace. Mm. Everton. I think that's an Everton win because Palace... Are- Gash. I hope it's an Everton win. I'm off to the box park as well in Crystal Palace or Croydon, which is next to Crystal Palace, to watch it. So I'm going to be surrounded by Palace fans. You're brave, mate. (laughs) So uh, I'll be giving it big. You're you're going to have to watch out for all those geezers in black jackets, though. (laughs) True, yeah. The the, the hardcore. Yeah, they'll listen to the show as well, mate. They can hear (laughs) it. Then half-five kick-off, Brighton to host Watford. This is a big game, isn't it? Big game. We, we touched on this. We said there's going to be six pointers every week because of just how many teams are down there. Um, go on. I'm, I'm really interested to see how Watford bounced back. It was such a gut punch to, to, to lose that fixture the way they did against Everton. Um, I'm going to take Brighton. I'm going to go Brighton. You know me. I love a bit of Brighton. I'm going to go for a draw. 
hate Watford so much. I think we're dismissive um, of Watford though, because whilst they have lost their last two games, they have there's been a big upturn. Yeah, no Is, doubt. Are you an ostrich? <laughs> um, I hate him as well. That's I, the thing. I, I really wanted to dislike him, but somehow I kind of end up feel like I do like him. Can I just can I just say his his arrival at the club coincided with Troy Deeney returning. For all the shit Troy Deeney gets, he's a very effective footballer, especially when he hasn't played for a long time and he's got something to prove. Do you know what I mean? Like. I buy no. Pearson. Pearson's just played into. He's played into the hands exactly. He's played to his strengths. Um, Sunday, two o'clock. Sheffield United hosting Bournemouth. I hope Sheffield United win, because I want Bournemouth to go down. So yeah, and Sheffield United is Sheffield United. Though. They're a good team, probably better away on the road. But I fancy them. I fancy at a home to Bournemouth. Draw myself. What are you going for, Mister Woods? I'll take Sheffield United. Uh, I'm, I'm still not convinced by Bournemouth's upturning form, to be honest. Mm. And then we've got half four, as we as talked about earlier, Manchester City hosting West Ham. You know what I wouldn't want to be? The team that's basically going to play City after that. I, I think they'll be... Um, Kept in the dressing room as well, didn't he, for good yeah, hours after the game. I've, so they got I've, a rollicking. I think that he felt they were a little bit too lackadaisical in their application in the final third and that they should have put the game to bed in the first half hour, I think they're going to take West Ham to pieces. And it will be a ruthless, efficient... Do you know what I mean? There won't be, like, incredible goals. They'll just score. They'll score just goals. Manchester City-type goals, you know? Yep, over Um, and over for for 90 minutes. Yeah, I worry for West Ham because I don't think... David Moyes likes to tell everyone he's been watching a lot of football and he's a football man. I don't think he understands a clue about how to do this. I watch a lot of football and I don't think I'd be able to keep West Ham up. <laughs> um, that's everything. Can I have some winners and losers, please, boys and girls? Let's try and get this wrapped up before one ten. It's one eight twenty two now, so one word answers. Lee, winner. Uh, Angelotti. Okay, Woods. Uh, Igalo. <laughs> Can I scrap mine for one Igalo as well? I think I'm also going to go Igalo because. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Mate, he's escaped China. Firstly, <laughs> let's not fucking kid this. He's, he's escaped China and he's played for Manchester United. How has this happened? It's wild, mate. Um, yeah. By the way, just to let you know, Woods, right, when this happened, I came home quite drunk on a, on a Friday night yeah. and I was giving, you know, giving him a little bit and he was telling me, he's, he's telling me basically Garlo is a good player that is going to be you know, great for the club. I thought he was decent at Watford for what it's worth and I think mate, that he left the league too early. He, he scored two goals in the, like his last top scorer in the top uh, scorer in the African Cup of Nations, mate. He did. <laughs> he was. He outscored Mane, Salah. Yeah, he's been playing in China, mate. Yep. We'll see. Look, like, for what it's worth, I don't think it's the worst signing. I see a lot of bands. I, 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 I don't say think that, it's the worst, but at the same time, it's not. It's not a good look. Signing. We don't have a sure. single striker that stays in the box. Marshall. The other weekend, spent his entire time outside the box looking disinterested. Yeah. Rashford, if he plays up front, doesn't stand in the box. Greenwood, when he goes up front, doesn't stand in the box. We literally do not have a you presence in the box. You had that guy, you sold him. What, Lukaku? Yeah. Yes, yeah, because Solskjaer said he's not going to be the first choice, and he said he wants to go then. Because yeah, he wants someone he, to run around and close he, down. He'd made his mind up a long, long time before that he was going. Oh, absolutely, that. absolutely. You know, um, funny yeah, enough, he, he was well, scapegoated. I feel he, he did a bit, extent. but like he was the, also fucking shit as well. <laughs> the, the thing, the funny thing, the funny thing about Lukaku. Oh, oh, do you, let's go. Do you, would you want him back? I take, mate, I take him back all day. You hated him when he played for you. <laughs> it was frustrating, <laughs> but I didn't hate him. The funny thing about Lukaku is it's kind of how. 
how him and Morata joined the wrong teams. That's that's all I'll say. I think that had they joined the the right teams that they were meant to that summer, which is Morata to Manchester United and Lukaku to Chelsea, I think they're both playing for the same team still. Give me Definitely a, Lukaku. Give well. me a loser, Lee. Uh, David Moyes. What's Kepa Arifa Balaga? <laughs> <laughs> Um, that was he didn't even play that well yeah that's exactly why mate um, obviously he's one of the worst goalkeepers in Europe statistically this season and Frank's had enough and by all accounts there is a lot of talk that Frank uh, is going to get a new goalkeeper in the summer don't blame him can I do a Mikey like, yeah I, I called that <laughs> um, I'm, I'm surprised I'm, I, 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 I am surprised at how drastically he's fallen off this season um, he is dreadful He's just simply dreadful. He's, 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 he's not Roberto dreadful, though, is he? No, but... Ah, <laughs> oh, don't... Oh, did you oh, hear God. that? Pellegr- Pellegrini blamed him. He, pe- he basically, did, did he? He, he did. portioned the blame onto Roberto for why he got sacked. I love it. I love it. What? He referenced the fact that he lost Fabianski, which is like a key player, and then the fact that he brought in Roberto, who then cost several goals and ultimately oh, lost loads, Roberto. loads of points. Some he's, got, he's got a point though, where, where, where yeah, he's got a point he ain't wrong he's is gone he? alone hasn't he he's gone like Alaves or something right. like that what have they been watching right when their scouts come to the manager we've got, we've got a player here look at, the, look at this tape and it's Roberto playing for West Ham they've, at some point they've gone yeah, that's a, yeah that could work okay right. what <laughs> what are they seeing because he owns his own gloves it's <laughs> maybe maybe that is the requirement everything so um, my loser is going to be, um, I don't know, Jesse Lingard, I suppose. Oh, yeah, I guess oh, we haven't yeah, even touched on that Bruno Fernandes, right? Apparently he's uh, working moves for him to go abroad. I heard Atletico Madrid is one and of Roma. the Roma. <laughs> Roma. Shock. They're probably thinking, well, Smalling's worked out well. <laughs> um, yeah, Bruno Fernandes come in, did more, did more than anything. He didn't even score anything, but he said he, he obviously was. It was miles better than Lingard has ever been. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think he'll benefit from the return of Scott McTominay. Scotty McTominay. On that note, time to go. Thank you for listening. Some, uh, people on Call of Duty. Yeah, there you go, my friend. There you go. When you Just download, need to get Woodson involved now. Yeah, I'll see, man. I'll see. I, it's, it's a bit of ma- public pressure on you now, you know, we're out I know, now, now everyone's going to be like, oh, did you get Call of Duty now? And I was yeah. like, I haven't yet, no. <laughs> I think Jackson's going to be keen. Jackson said he was terrible at this game earlier. He's so slow, apparently. I picked him up yesterday. Yeah, you told me he was like one of the greatest shooters, shooter players ever. I did, Jackson. If you're listening, I picked you up saying you're really good at these cups of games and you're telling me now that you're shit. Bit worrying, son. Bit worrying. Anyway... Arrivederci. See you later. Sayonara. Goodbye. Adios. Arrivederci. Sports Social Podcast Network.